Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. This weekend's all about trusting God, and I want to open up with a personal story uh, that happened less than two months ago. And uh, it all started with me. I had to find a new doctor to go get a physical, my annual physical, and I hadn't been to the doctor for three years, and I was just kind of avoiding them like the plague because I was a lot heavier than I am now, and I didn't want to hear them tell me to lose weight. So I was just avoiding them, which was really stupid. But uh, I, I finally, I lost 80 pounds. I'm like, I'm going to go to my doctor, right? So I found a new doctor, and uh, I made the appointment, and I was always so afraid of the scale, you know? But I was excited this time, and that went good. You have your shoes on, your jeans, but it still was a great way in. And then I uh, had a great doctor, met him for the first time, uh, and uh, he was just awesome. And he did all the blood work, did everything that needed to be done. But then at the end, he said, I need to talk to you about something. And he said, it's serious. And I said, well, what's that, doctor? And he said, I'm, I was looking at a scan that was done of your heart three years ago, and I had gone into the emergency, and they have all that on your records digitally. And I was glad he was looking at my history. And then he said, uh, I noticed your aorta. And I, he said, I think it's too big. He says, so I'm really concerned about it. And then he said, I noticed your dad had an aneurysm on his aorta. So he said, that concerns me even more. So this is not exciting news, and I'm not excited about hearing it. And then he said, I don't want you to do anything. No exercise, nothing. I'm going to get you into a cardiologist. And then we have to take new images. And I said, I can't do anything because I was, and still am, I was walking and swimming laps. He said, don't do a thing. And I said, okay, okay. And uh, so it took seven days to get into the cardiologist. And then uh, I went there and he was awesome, really good cardiologist. And uh, he said, I have to get pictures, but that was three days away. So then I had 10 days from the time he told me not to exercise, not to do anything uh, until those images were taken. And I don't, I don't know, I think we're all alike. That kind of news can mess with your head, right? It can really mess with you. And I wasn't worried for myself because I figured if I die while I'm sleeping or anywhere, I go to heaven. So I was like, oh, that's all good. But I was worried about my wife, my kids, my grandkids, my church, this church, you know, and all of you. And so I just, my head started to just throw all kinds of squirrely things at me. And I had to do something that we're going to talk about today. I had to trust God walking through that situation. And so finally I had the images and I'm laying on a table. They're doing like a sonogram for a woman, only they're on your heart for a baby, you know. And, uh, and, I, and this lady's not giving anything away. I'm trying to pry, you know, like, what are you seeing? How's it look, you know? But she didn't send me to the operating, so I thought, oh, it's better than, it's not all that bad. And so I went back to the cardiologist right away and, and uh, he pulled up the pictures and he's looking. He's not saying a word to me, right? And then, then he goes, everything's okay. He goes, your aorta is a little bigger. Uh, it like points something. He goes, but it's probably genetic or the fact you had to pump blood to 80 pounds more of weight, you know, for a long time. Um, but he said, it, it, the walls are great. You're 100% okay. And I was able to go, you know, just a, a relief. And, uh, and so don't say I had an aneurysm, because I didn't. And I wouldn't share this unless it was very positive, right? But I share it for this reason. Some of you are going through things way bigger than that, and some of you don't have a good report. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's relationships, sometimes it's physical. And we're all going through stuff, right? And then 2022's coming, 
And it's a midterm election, which means it's, gonna, it's all going to be amped up politically, right? And all kind of things will be done uh, because of the election time. And then we're in a high inflation time. And it's just a crazy time in the world. And I really feel it's very important for all of us to just understand how to trust God and to put our trust in him. Not everything's always positive, but we can always trust God and we can trust him for the after effect too. So we'll talk about that. I have a big idea. And in case you're visiting, um, it's what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. You can trust God because he is God. And that's gonna come alive to us. Um, I trust a lot of people, but they can only do so much because they're people, right? But we can trust God because he is God, and there's so much he can do that human beings cannot do. And Jesus talked about trusting God, and it was really an interesting time. Jesus was having dinner with his disciples, and so he, he says to his disciples, three things in a row, all crazy things. He says, one, he says, one of you are gonna betray me. So can you imagine that? Like, they're wondering who it is. One of you is a traitor. And I could see Peter thinking, it's got to be John. I, John, we know you're his best friend. You're the teacher's pet. But I think you're, you, maybe you're the phony and it's you. And they're all thinking, who's it going to be, right? And then Jesus said something else. He goes on and he says, I'm going to be murdered, guys. I'm going to die. And so can you imagine? They don't understand the crucifixion. They don't understand he has to die for the sins of the whole world. They don't understand he's going to be resurrected if he dies. He's just saying, I'm going to be murdered, right? I'm going to die, and it's going to be real soon. And so they hear that. They hear there's a traitor. Then he looks at Peter, and he says, and Peter, you're going to deny me real soon. And that had to shake all of them because Peter was the tough guy in the group. He was the tough guy. And if he's going to deny them because it's going to get that bad, what's the rest of them going to do? So they hear this terrible news. And right after the news, he shares these three things. Here's what he says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. It's like, well, you just caused all the troubling in our hearts, Jesus, with the three things you just shared. But he goes on and he says this. Trust in God, that would be God the Father, and trust also in me, God the Son. And it just shows us how powerful trust is. If you can hear this level of bad news and be able to trust God with the three things that's about to happen, you and I can trust God no matter what's going on in our life. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And I've noticed that there's two things you and I have to understand about trust if we're going to be able to trust God. Then there's some things we need to focus on, and I'll talk about that next. But let's just talk about the two things we really have to understand about trust. Here's the first one. You guys ready? Trust is not an emotion. You never, ever feel like trusting God. At least I can speak for myself. I never feel like Oh, I'm going to trust God today. You can't take trust supplements, right? There's not, like, so when you need to trust God, you've taken your vitamins, right? There's not a trust pill. It is not emotional. And so I have never felt like, oh, I think I want to trust God. It's not something that's natural, but it's something we learn to do. And it's something we do by faith. And I've noticed in order for us to be able to trust God, there's just two things we have to understand. And the first one is, that God made us a promise, and that promise is he will never, ever leave our side. And sometimes it seems just the opposite. It seems like, God, where are you? 
How can I walk through this terrible time I'm walking through? And we all have walked through some tough times. And I know myself, I've wondered, God, why, aren't, why did you allow this to happen? What's going on? I have to correct that thinking. But it comes, right? And so we have to understand that God is walking through it with us. And then we have to understand that he's madly in love with us. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. So here's the first thought. Here's a great scripture. Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And I want you to just understand when this is being said. They're ready to go into the promised land. So remember, there's giants in the land. We talked about that not too long ago. Um, they have walled cities. And then they have chariots made of iron. And Israel didn't even have horses. They have no chariots. So just imagine horses pulling these iron chariots with guys on the back swinging swords, shooting arrows. And Israel's going against armies that are way bigger, way tougher, way better armed than them. And they have to be a little nervous. And God says, you know what? Here's what I want to say to you. I'm going before you, and I will be at your side. And so even though you're walking into the heat of the battle, I will be there. And sometimes as Christians, we'll read something like this, and what we'll think is, well, that was for Israel, that's them, this, this was not said to us. But you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 reads that all the promises in the Bible, all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. In Christ means you're a Christian. When you become a Christian, those promises are for you. And of course, it's referring to the general promises in the Bible. So this promise is for you. And what's really cool is this promise was literally quoted in the New Testament. Listen to Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, now he's quoting this verse, never will I leave you Never will I forsake you. So here you are going through the toughest time and God's saying, I'm right there by your side. It's important to remind ourselves of that. And I like what he begins with. He says, keep yourself free from the love of money. And I don't think anyone listening to me has the problem of the love of money because the love of money is when money is so important to you, it's the most important thing in the world, you'll step over anyone, you'll lie, you'll cheat to get more money. So I don't believe I'm talking to anybody that's like that. But apparently it's something we can slip into, so that's why he says, hey, don't worry about anything. You can trust that God's with you, and he walks with you no matter what you're going through. So God will never leave us nor forsake us. So I like to just imagine, no matter what I'm going through, God's right there, even though it doesn't feel like it. And then here's the other one. This is a prayer in the New Testament. It talks about the love of God, and it's Ephesians 2.17, and here's how it reads or 3.17. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. He's praying this prayer for Christians. I pray this prayer for people that come to believers and call our church home. I prayed at least once a week for you that God would reveal how much he loves you because we need to be rooted in that in order to trust him. We need to know how much he loves us. Listen to the next two verses. And may you be able to feel and understand as all God's children should how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. So it's humongous, his love for you. Listen to this. And to experience this love for yourself, though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it, and so at last you will be filled up 
with God himself. And God is love. And I think this is so cool because what God is saying to you and I is that my love is so vast, you'll never understand it all, but I love you so much that you can't even comprehend it. And you've heard me say this. I I began saying this maybe a couple months ago, but I love making this statement to you guys. There's no one on planet Earth that God loves more than you. Nobody. He, he loved, if you're a Christian, nobody on earth does he love any more than you. And we need to understand that. That's how much God loves you. If you're a Christian, he loves us all the same. And it doesn't matter if one person produces more, has a more important job in God's kingdom. He loves us all the same. And you and I can get, be rooted in the fact of how much God loves us and he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that enables us to trust God because it's not a feeling. And then here's another thing I think we need to understand, the second of two. And most of us know this, I think. Trust will always be necessary. In other words, right, at, right after you get through one thing, there's another thing coming your way. And I'm, I'm not trying to be negative. It's just how life is. And there's always an opportunity to trust God. And Jesus, when he was at that dinner, he just kept on talking and then he said this in, in John 16, He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. And if you weren't with us last weekend, uh, Pastor Ryan ministered. He's our student pastor here at the Warren campus. And he did an incredible message on the peace of God. It was life-changing. So you can listen to that for free, but in Borman and then online in the chat rooms here in Warren, can we give it up? Say thank you, Pastor Ryan, for the incredible job you did was really life-changing. It, it blessed my soul. And, and so he, he goes on and says this, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And I love what Jesus said. He said, I overcame the world. And here's some of what happened to Jesus. Um, Jesus was on, under constant attack by the religious leaders. They tried to push him off cliffs. Can you imagine this? If you were talking and there was a cliff nearby, they literally grabbed him and tried to push him over cliffs three different times, and God kept making sure he escaped. They interrupted his messages, and they heckled him, and they said all kind of crazy things all the time to him. But he says, I overcame all that. God the Son, Jesus, in a human body, learned to trust God the Father. And he's saying to us, guys, Trouble's always going to be there. Problems are always going to be there. They change faces, but here's something you can know. You can trust God through it all. And so we want to just find out, how do I do it? What do I focus on when I'm going through those tough times? And as I said, many of you have gone through way tougher times than I have, and I'm impressed with what I see God do by his grace in each and every one of your lives. So here's the first thing I've learned to focus on, and it goes like this. Focus on what's really happening. We see with our eyes what is going on, but there's something else that's really happening. And uh, there's two things. One is you have an enemy that will attack you. And if he's not the one bringing your problem, because we also live on a broken earth in a broken body with broken people, and sometimes our enemy's not bringing our problems, other things are. But it's, it's good to understand the why behind the what And all these ugly things that come in our life, you know what the enemy tries to do with them? Even if he didn't cause it, he's going to put thoughts in your head 
that God doesn't love you, God doesn't care about you, God's not with you, and God failed you, and you should just walk away from God kind of thoughts. And, and he, he uses bad things to do that. He'll even bring bad things into our lives to cause us to stop following God. So Jesus shared this parable. It's called the parable of the sower. And he talked about four types of soil. And he talked about a farmer planting seed in each one. And there was a spiritual parallel. But first he shared the, the story. And he said, there was one type of soil. It's called rocky or shallow ground. And he says, the farmer plants a seed in it. And it sprouts up immediately, and it's healthy. It looks great. But there's no root because there's rocks, and the roots can't go into the water. And so he said the sun comes out, and it's scorching hot. There's no rain, and the plant withers. So they're all wondering, okay, what does that mean spiritually? What's going to happen in my life spiritually? What is that saying spiritually? And then he gives the interpretation in Mark 4, 16. And it reads like this. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word of God, and at once receive it with joy. So this could be Jesus is the only way to heaven and you accept it, or it could be any promise in the Bible. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll supply all of your needs. You just name a promise, and you hear it, and you say, yes, I believe that. But listen to the next verse. But since you have no root, why don't you have root? You didn't have time. You just heard it. There's no time for you to be rooted and grounded in the truth. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, that's the sun, right? Because of the word, they quickly fall away. And here's what he's saying. Every time you believe something in the Bible and you accept it, you say, yes, God, I believe that, you can be guaranteed, guaranteed that some kind of trouble is going to come at you. And it might not be the enemy, but he will take that trouble and he will play with your head. And we all know the thoughts he puts in our minds and how God forsook you, God doesn't love you. You just name it. He's trying to play with your head. So you and I have to understand what's really happening. This is him trying to get me to stop following God, to stop being passionate for God and for Jesus. And that's what he's trying to do in our lives. So then we can say, you know what? I'm not going to allow you to play, play with my head. This is the no play zone up here, devil. And you're not going to play with my head. I know you're bringing this to try to get me to stop following Jesus, but I'm not stopping. And I'm going to trust God even as I walk through it. But then there's something else that's happening that's really cool. And God doesn't bring our problems, but he knew they were going to come. We just read the scriptures that they're going to come. There's no avoiding trouble in our lives. But God made it so that our troubles literally will grow us spiritually. So he's not bringing it, but he made it so we'll grow in it if we just learn to trust God. And I love this scripture, 1 Peter 1, 7. The purpose of these troubles is to test your faith. And so they're coming to test you or put your faith to the test as fire tests how genuine gold is. Your faith is more precious than gold. And by passing the test, it gives praise, glory, and honor to God. This will happen when Jesus Christ appears again. So he's going to reward you for trusting him through it all. But I love the comparison of gold. They'll put gold you know, over the fire, and all the impurities bubble up to the top, and then they scrape them off. And when you and I are going through these tough times, we know it's the enemy trying to cause us not to follow God. But it's really cool to realize, you know what else? This is going to just bubble some impurities up out of me. This is going to grow me. And God didn't bring it. 
It's ugly, oftentimes very ugly, but it's going to bring growth into my life. And it just, I don't know about you, but it just enables me to make it all the more easy to put my trust in God because this isn't God and this is the enemy trying to cause me to walk away from God. That's what's really happening. But something else is happening too. I can grow, you can grow from this moment. Here's the second thing I've learned to focus on. We need to focus on what God can do. God is amazing, and what he can do is amazing. And sometimes we walk through trouble and we feel like God didn't show up. Uh, you know, something terrible happens as a result of the trouble. And, and guys, yet God was walking through it with you and he'll comfort you and he'll help you on the other end. And that's really important in all of our lives. I went through some terrible events over uh, my life where just bad things happened and they came and there was no avoiding them and they left me on my backside, right? But I've watched God, he is so faithful. He picks us back up and there's certain things he can do that nobody else can do. So I trust a lot of people, but they're not God, but God is God, right? We can trust God because he is God. And I love two scriptures. Here's one of them, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And as a young Christian, I really struggled with the last half of this verse because I used to think, maybe I don't love him enough so he's not gonna work for my good. And then I realized, no, this, this is just another way to describe a Christian. If you accepted Jesus, you love him, and you are called according to his purpose. Every one of you have a purpose for your life. God called you according to his purpose. And so listen to what he says to us Christians. In all things, God works for the good. So he didn't bring it, but God's working out something good. Something's good is gonna come into your life, even though you just walk through this stinky thing. And it reminds me of Psalm 23, verse six. Remember what that says? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So even if you give me a knockout punch, a supposed knockout punch, I'm going to heaven because I'm a Christian, right? But as I'm walking through the most terrible things, something's following me, something's following you. It's called goodness and it's called mercy and God's working in your behalf. And that really makes it easier for me to trust God. Then there's another story in the Old Testament. It's Old Testament Joseph. I just want you to feel what happened here. His brothers were jealous, they hated him. So they sold him to slavers who took him to Egypt and sold him as a slave in Egypt. And he was purchased by Potiphar, who was the captain of the guard. And God had his favor on his life, but Potiphar's wife was interested in Joseph. Joseph told him her no way. She became angry and jealous that he rejected her, so she lied about him. Potiphar threw him into the king's prison. Think about that. That's where the worst enemies of the king were thrown. This is where they waterboarded people. That's where they tortured people. So now he's in this ugly, dark dungeon of a prison, and God still showed him favor, but he had to stay there quite a while. Then Pharaoh had a dream, and in his dream, he saw seven fat cows, and then he saw seven skinny cows. Then he saw the seven skinny cows swallow the seven fat cows, and nobody in his kingdom could tell him what it was. And then finally, he found out there's a guy that interprets dreams. He's in your prison. So he has Joseph washed up. He brings Joseph, tells Joseph the dream, and Joseph says, oh, that's easy. And God showed him. He said, uh, you're going to have seven years of plenty like you've never seen, Egypt and this whole region. And then you're going to have seven years of famine. And Pharaoh looks at Joseph and he says, well, since God is giving you this revelation and you're so bright, 
I'm going to make you second in command in all of Egypt. Can you imagine that? He said, all you don't have is the throne. I'm still king, but you're running the whole nation. He went from a slave in prison to the king or to second in command, running the kingdom. Guys, that's an amazing journey. And I'm sure there were times when he felt like, God, where are you? God, why am I going through this? But God showed him at the end. And I love what he said, because his brothers had to come buy food. And they don't know it's Joseph. And it's a great story if you want to read a fun story. He played with their heads a couple times, and they didn't know it was him, but he really tormented them a little bit. And he he should have. They sold him into slavery, right? And ruined his childhood and all those things. But he finally revealed himself, and then they were shaking in their boots like, oh, no, we're going to the king's prison. Or maybe worse, we're going to be executed. But then he said this, a profound statement, Genesis 50, 20. Don't you see? You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people. And it's saying the same thing as Romans. No matter what you've gone through, no matter where you're at, God's working in your behalf. And God can turn that baby around and he can bring some good into your life. And I think the next point is so important to me and I think to all of us, and it goes like this. Focus on God's ability to give you direction. Because I know how I feel after I come through some really crazy storms. Like God... Do I even have a purpose anymore? Can you even use me anymore? And I've walked through a couple where that's how I felt. Like, God, I just feel like my life's over. I feel like I can never, ever have impact again. And the truth of the matter is God's never done with us, and he has direction for all of our lives, and he's proven that out in so many of our lives, right? It kind of reminds me of a trapeze artist. Uh, When the kids were young, we took them to, you know, different circuses, and we see those trapeze artists, and it just fascinates me because the trapeze, they, they never hit. They don't touch each other, and, and I see some of these guys swinging with no net, and I can't even imagine not having a net underneath me, but then there comes a moment for those trapeze artists where they have to let go of what they're holding on to, and they have to lunge forward to grab the next one, and that is an act of faith. And that's what I really see when it comes to trusting God. You and I have to come to a place to where we're willing to let go of all that's bugging us, all of the hurt, all of what we're going through, and launch forward and grab the trapeze of God because God isn't done with any of us. And there's a beauty, beautiful, beautiful proverb, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, and it reads like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. We'll just stop there. We'll read the rest in a moment. But notice where trust comes from, your heart. And God wants you to use your head. He wants you to do the the numbers, do your homework. But sometimes when you add up one plus one and it equals two, it's hard to trust God. When you see what you're in, where you're headed, it can be tough. But he says, don't just lean on what you see. Trust me from here. And you and I have to just understand we want to come to that place. And then I think it's interesting, the very next verse connected to this one, he talks about, I want to give you direction. And listen to what he says in verse six. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That just means to go to him and pray, no matter what you're going through, and say, God, I want to give this to you. I want to give you this problem. And he says, if you give me my prob- your problems and you acknowledge me, he says, here's my promise. He will make your paths straight. 
And so sometimes when we're going through really bad times, we get off path, right? It's like, whoa, I'm really far off path. Uh, or sometimes it's just like our path is interrupted. And it just means I'll direct your feet no matter what you're going through. And so you, you just need to understand God's waiting to direct you and you can trust him. Just focus on the fact he's the God that's gonna walk you through it. He's the God that's gonna give you a vision and a life and a path to walk down after it. And then this next one's really important. It seems so simple, but it's so important. Uh, we need to focus our thanksgiving on what God can do. And thanksgiving's really important. Did you know this about giving thanks? Thanksgiving releases endorphins into your body, just like drug addiction would. Drugs release endorphins. That's why people get hooked on them. Uh, alcohol, you know, overdoing alcohol, it releases endorphins. Uh, two Wendy's doubles and a large fry and a milkshake. Can we all agree that releases endorphins, right? Oh, it does. Exercise does too. But you know what else does? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving does. And you've heard me say this, guys, and I realize it, but it just it's important to emphasize it. Uh, by default, I am not a Thanksgiving person. I'm very negative by default. That's my default. That's how I was born. I do see the glass half empty, and it's just the way I am. But I've learned to overcome it, and I know many of you are like me, and then some of you are just happy. You're always happy, and I don't like you. But uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's not fair for you to be happy. I have to work with being a negative person, right? And, but I've learned to do it, and I've learned no matter what I'm going through, I can give thanks to God. And when I give thanks to God, and I just begin to thank him for what he's promised, I thank him for what he has done, what he will do, and I just thank him. It's amazing. It releases all those endorphins, and it takes the cloud of depression because depression can just cloud your whole mind and your whole life. And I love what this verse says, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice always. I like to say that's Thanksgiving in song. And remember what Philippians says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And so our rejoicing isn't in what we're going through. It's not in who we are. We're rejoicing in what God has done, our salvation, what he has promised to do, our eternity. And then it says pray continually. So just keep giving it to God. Acknowledge him and all you're going through. And then verse 18, listen to this. Giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Did you know part of the will of God for your life is for you to give thanks no matter what you're walking through? So you're not thanking him for it. Uh, that would not be intelligent to thank God for your problems. You're thanking God that in the midst of them, he is God and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He can do things that no human can do. He's gonna hold your hand. He's gonna walk you through it. He's gonna direct your path. And that is amazing. We just begin to thank him for all the things he has done and all the things he will do. And it changes your life. So those are the things I focus on. And no matter what I'm going through, I, I just begin to give thanks. And I begin to focus on the fact you can trust God. I can trust God because he is God. So over in Boardman, our online campus, guys at TCI here in Warren, can we thank God that he's trustworthy? Can we just give it up for our God? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads, let's pray. Father, I know sometimes we walk through things and it's like crazy. It, it hurts so bad. And we know we live in a world, Father, that we don't have all the answers for why we walk through certain things. 
I have walked through things I still don't understand why, but I did. Dear people here have. And some are right now. But Lord, we thank you that as we come into 2022 and as this world continues to do what this world does, we can walk through this month and the year to come trusting you because you are God. And Father, we ask you to help us trust like we've never trusted before. We ask you to give us a grace to trust. And take these two truths and these four things, Father, that we need to focus on. Remind us of them. Help us be rooted deeper in your love like we've never been rooted before. And Father, we thank you that you're our pillar. We thank you that you are walking with us right now no matter what we're going through. Thank you, Lord God. Make yourself more real to us. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And I really feel there's a few of you right now. Uh, God stirred you, and you need to just give some things to him in prayer. And it's just real simple. You can whisper it, but just, just say, God, I want to give you this situation. I'm going to trust you with all my heart in this situation. I give it to you, and I thank you for directing my feet. I thank you. Sometimes it's just which why do I take in the road. Sometimes it's how do I survive this event I'm going through. And just give it to him right now. Thank you, Lord. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Can, can we stay in an attitude of prayer? I really believe God's speaking to some people's hearts, but maybe you're listening and you're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you uh, were to die, if you go to heaven or hell. Maybe you're not even sure if God exists. But I know this, when people come to church or when they listen, I know God's working on hearts because that's what we pray. That's what we ask him to do. And if you're listening... Maybe you didn't believe in God before you listened. Maybe uh, you did. I want you to listen real close right now. I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. Those are good things. But what matters the most is what have you done with Jesus? And you can be part of a church and never have accepted Christ as your Savior. And the Bible teaches that Jesus, God the Son, died for the sins of the whole world. God raised him up out of the grave. You can't work your way to heaven, but if you believe in him, he'll save your soul. That's powerful. And if you're listening, you say, you know what, Pastor? That opens my heart. I believe that. I'm ready to pray. Would you pray with us right now? Whether in Borman, TCI, online, here in Warren. Can we help them pray, guys? If you pray this from your heart, just simply mean it. Say it after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins, and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You died for our sins, and I believe God raised you out of the grave. I accept you as my Savior, and I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you pray that prayer, miracles happen. You may not have felt it, but God washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future home. You've become a child of God on the inside. That's pretty cool. Something else is happening. We can't hear it or see it. But if one person on the entire planet, seven billion plus people, prays and accepts Jesus, God himself and all of heaven begin to celebrate. 
Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.